Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, July 27th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs players are returning to the facility and getting tested, going through safety precautions and protocols as training camp approaches. We chatted with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and trainer Rick Burkholter, among others, this weekend, and you'll hear what they have to say about the health steps needed for the Super Bowl champion to return to practice. But before we hear from them, beat writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell, along with columnist Vahe Gregorian, talk about our impressions of the Chiefs as they get back into the swing of things. The Chiefs seem to be making all the right moves, but even so, there's concern about the players once they leave the facility. And we also spent some time talking about Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the offensive guard who has opted out this season for all the right reasons. So here we go with Herbie, Sam, and Vahe. All right, if, if uh, the calendar, if my memory serves me, the, the calendar says uh, that the Chiefs in a, in a normal year would be in training camp at St. Joe at Missouri Western. Veterans uh, would have reported or maybe checked into the dorm on Sunday with the rookies having gotten into town last week. It's all different now. If I got the if, if I got the uh, the timeline right on that, Herbie, is it um, would veterans have been in? But it seems like a, it's always on a Sunday afternoon when the veterans check in. Yeah, they would have actually checked in. They checked in correctly on the on Saturday because you remember their the new CBA is forty seven days from their first regular season game. So had had this been a regular year, they would have been on Saturday, hit the practice field this weekend. Uh, rookies would have had a good solid three rookies and quarterbacks, I should say, and select players would have had a good three or four days of practice before the veterans showed up. And then they'll, they'll they would be on the field right now as a team. Anything but normal. So on Saturday, we talked to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and in probably the most unusual um, example of this being an abnormal season, we got to ask Rick Burkhalter questions and uh, that never happens. He just usually the Chiefs trainer just comes to the podium and uh, announces injuries. And and look, I, I I credit the Chiefs for at least doing that. But in this case, you know, with with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and then uh, three rookies uh, speaking, Rick Burkhalter spent the most time talking to the media on Saturday, and for good reason. Uh, because COVID-19 is such a big part of what's going on in with the Chiefs, in the NFL, in sports. And what take us through what is going to be different. We, we, we've talked about this from a media standpoint, but you guys, from a team standpoint, what's going to be different for the Chiefs? How do they go forward from here? And Herbie, you surprised me a little bit today when, I, when you said that August 14th could be the first day that the entire team is on the field practicing together a day when would normally be the the first preseason game but not until august 14th could you get the whole team on the field yeah and then because of the the, the things that happen right now because of covid uh, the nfl and the nflpa were in deep discussions safety and health were at the top of the radar and and or the totem pole i should say and then so they came to an agreement on friday it, Camps can now start because we have all these protocols in place. And you're absolutely correct. This is a lot different from years past where they would hit the ground running. But we got to remember they, they haven't had any OTAs. They didn't have the strength and conditioning program that you typically see in April. They didn't have uh, the, the benefit of a mini camp. So the players weren't practicing together. They were doing it by themselves 
or, or in select groups before the NFLPA put a stop to that or recommended they put a stop to that back in July. So the way it's working now is their first four days, three of those four days are going to be spent testing. They're going to be testing them. So the rookies that started their testing, the veterans are starting their testing now, and then they're going to go through a conditioning phase, which consists of eight days before they're actually allowed on the practice field. And so you're typically looking right now, August the 14th, and because of everything that's going on and then they had to change the, the training camp schedule, preseason games, all gone. Uh, all four of them are gone. And because everything is going to be geared towards preparing for the regular season. Some of the things that were really going to be different outside of not being at St. Joe is the Chiefs are going to be practicing at Arrowhead. Uh, Rick Burkholder told us they turned the concourses into meeting areas because it's spacious and you have to keep social distancing in mind. Uh, cafeterias no longer allowed to sit in there it's, it's the, the meals are made to go and if anybody is sitting in there the tables are spaced out with no more than two to three chairs at each table uh, at least that's what Ber rick burkholder told us when they do get on the practice field another different feel to it you're not you're no longer going to see equipment people running around and, and squirting water into a player's mouths that they're going to get their own individual waters uh towel sharing is, is no longer a thing and they're all going to get their own individual towels but Everything that they're doing now is with safety in mind. Yeah, the, the images that that conjured uh, when, it, when we heard Rick Burkholter talk about that Saturday was, for those of us that have been up at St. Joe at, uh, at training camp for all these years, and it's just, <laughs> it's just strange to imagine uh, that happening. But, but there it is. Patrick Mahomes spoke, and Sam, he, you know, I, I, he, he felt confident about – you know, about the way that the Chiefs are handling this. And we did hear, look, we heard a lot of Rick Burkholzer praising the Chiefs over the way that the, the, the team has handled the COVID. And it seems, you know, based on the, the, the stuff that I've heard, Andy, with Andy Reid talking to NFL officials, that the Chiefs have taken a, a, a kind of a leading role in the process of handling COVID-19. Burkholder told us that they were the first team that had their uh, infectious disease emergency response plan approved by the NFL. And Andy Reid kind of hinted at a few of the measures they've taken uh, with plexiglass separating the locker spaces. But you mentioned it, that Patrick Mahomes said after seeing the Chiefs set up, he became more comfortable with going in there. But he didn't say that he feels like the risk is zero. He still feels like there is some concern even if that concern is minimized. And of course there, there has to be some concern because what stands out to me most about what the NFL is doing in the absence of a bubble. And I understand the logistics of having such a large team when you compare it to, you know, MLS or, or NBA rosters, it, the logistics of a bubble might not work out, but what's what you're left with is the players are going to have to own responsibility of how this all works out because they're all going to be going home at night as are the coaches. And so to me, the NFL, whether or not this works, it's going to come down to the players and what they do away from the facility because if they feel like the facility is set up well, they still got to go home at night. Yeah, Andy Reid addressed that. And Vahe, that's, um, you, the numbers don't allow the NFL or any team, football team, to play in a bubble, right? We, we do see that in the MLS, and we see it in the NBA. The NHL is doing it as well. Major League Baseball had the opportunity to do that, uh, but we've talked about playing all of its games in, 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 uh, at the spring training sites in Arizona and Florida, chose not to do it. And just today, 
we've learned the, the you know the, the Florida Marlins are having issues and and the game is postponed and also the Yankee Yankees supposed to be the next team in the locker room that was infected uh, they postponed their game so all sorts of issues going on in baseball you you're not going to be able to play football in a, or practice football in a bubble so you just kind of cross your fingers right and hope for the best well I, I guess that's what you're stuck with and it really it may short of a biosphere which those bubbles kind of are I, I, that that's the great X factor how do you navigate what's happening within is one thing but when you have all these variables without that that's the place that really gets funny i i was and i was impressed with what the royals were telling us and and what we've been able to witness i was impressed with that with the chiefs with their the detail they're laying out but the the truth is we can't really see how that looks or exactly how it's executed but the the broader issue is always going to be you know it's, it's not contained to that area so I don't know. We're seeing some evidence that, that baseball is on, uh, you know, perhaps inevitably shaky ground. Um, and football, it seems to me you're going to have some multipliers in the uh, in the formula, whether it's the, you know, blood, sweat and tears of the game itself or uh, just the sheer number of people, X amount more of equipment, all that. So but my big takeaway is they were already they were still sharing towels. Till now, I didn't. I didn't know they were they were sharing towels. Till this, it seemed like uh, NFL teams might have made that provision earlier. <laughs> well, I could I could see one guy, you know, grabbing a towel, and then another guy just grabbing it out of his hand and wiping some sweat off. And uh, uh, I guess again, I hadn't thought. You know, these, these are things that we never had to think about before or, right, or right. notice. Why Why would you? And now. And now Herbie's going to be going out to practices when they allow the media on a, on a pretty regular basis. That's all you're going to look for, right? I mean, it's just who's um, you know yeah. who's sitting and where, and are they are they um, planning themselves uh, socially distant? Are they wearing masks while not uh, engaged on, a, on, a, on the practice field? And all these things that were never part of the conversation are going to be part of. Um, you know, at least the observation when when we do go out to practice and observe that. Well, I can't they, wait to see Herbie's uh, hazmat suit, Claire. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I Leavenworth issued uh, extra extra goods. Well, at least at least it's going to get Herbie out of Leavenworth. I think that's the uh, that's the story. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of that, and I'm telling you, I'm scared of that. I was, if you guys remember, I haven't filled up my gas tank since mid-March because I just haven't never had a reason to leave. But now I'm gonna have to start putting gas in the car, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Hey, another storyline that came out, the um, story broke on Friday, and we got to talk a little bit about it on Saturday was the decision by Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the starting guard for the Chiefs, to opt out of this season. It's and for for all the right reasons. I just thought it was um, uh, it's a great story, and I think an excellent decision. Vahe, you ended up writing about this in in today's print editions of the Kansas City Star. Take us through the uh, the LTD decision. Well, first of all, great great hustle by Sam McDowell posting a story right away Friday night, and and uh, it was that kind of important story even on a Friday night to to get out there and. Um, you know, obviously, we've all been a little bit uh, intrigued, moved, all this by by uh, Laurent ever since he came. I mean, and it got me thinking about 
even our initial definition of him was that he was not conventional uh, guy. First of all, he was raw, hadn't played the game much, was from Canada, but, you know, was just coming off uh, helping with a delivery uh, in a hospital when the Chiefs drafted him. And that sort of has been the underpinning of our understanding of him all along, that, you know, he's unconventional, certainly uh, a humanitarian. Um, Blair, you did a few things, I think, in particular, looking at other aspects of his life where he had, you know, sailing up and down the East Coast for a year and just, just you know, a different kind of person. So the fact that he, he pursued and, and got his medical doctor degree, um, you know, in the end wasn't a surprise. It's probably more surprising that he, he became a good player because um, he was such a project at, at the start, right? And But then, you know, he answered the call um, after the season when, when it was clear that, that obviously the world's in distress and he has a chance to help. And there, there's been some, uh, not complications, but he was brought in in a sort of capacity that's somewhere between orderly and nurse as opposed to doctor. Uh, I think that there's some question about what they needed. Also, I don't think he's done his residency, so things like that. But but the fact that he would turn down what what really is a pretty enticing situation, whether it's financial or the chance to be part of a repeat, um, to keep keep doing this, I think just speaks to his priorities. Um, obviously, he's a little conscious of risk, but uh, I don't have the words right in front of me, but I think we were all struck by the, the one, one phrasing about, if I am to take risks, I, I'll do it trying to help patients, not on the field, something to that effect. And those were, um, those are words I think we'll always remember uh, in, in some form or another. No, that, that's right. It, it, it was something like that. But I think we got the sentiment. You know, I'll, I'll never forget this. So we're covering the Super Bowl, and it's one of those media days during the week leading up to the game. So we're in the ballroom at the hotel or the resort where the Chiefs are staying, and it's Laurent is out. Uh, he's got his he's at his booth, and of course he's being crowded by. The, the Montreal press, which is there, and other Canadian media. And uh, and I'm there. Uh, I think um, uh, Tammy Youngblood, our photographer, shooting it. And then there's a, there's a voice, a reporter. It was a female reporter. I can't remember who it was. But from the back, she asked, and keep in mind, this is the last day or, or, or so in January. And she asks Laurent, um, what do you think about the, the coronavirus? And, and at the time... You know, all we knew with the, uh, about the virus was it was in China, spreading, you know, throughout China and Wuhan and hasn't hadn't come over to the United States. And I just remember thinking at the time I'd have to well, I'll make a note of this and uh, hear what he has to say and maybe look it up a little bit for, you know, for a short story. Well, he gave a great answer. You know, he didn't know much about it, but he was he spent some of the weeks studying up on it. And it was just. Um, it was an impressive moment, uh, another in a line of impressive moments for for Laurent Duvernay-Tardy. Blair, who, just to, sorry to interrupt, but just to amplify that point, because you you had found it in your notes and fed it to me when I wrote about him a few weeks ago. Right, um, right, that's right. And and the term was, he, one of the terms he used was, he was, con he was asked about it, and he said, I think it's serious. Uh, February 28th, um, well, I'm sorry, but that was January, the Super Bowl. January 28th, yeah. but it was February 28th when he, oh, he when you wrote the story, 
going around around the world. And anyway, long story short, your, your point is right. I think it's serious, he said. Um, if only uh, more people had thought of it that way sooner. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, the answer to that is yes. So. <laughs> okay, Herbie, where, where, do, where does it go from here um, for, for the Chiefs? What, uh, what, what's the... You know, we, we know that they're, they're, they're being, you know, extra cautious with their health protocols, safety protocols. Uh, where does it go from here with the Chiefs? And keep in mind, you know, the Chiefs and the, and the Houston Texans are starting a little earlier, get to start a little earlier, because they do have the first scheduled game on uh, the Thursday night uh, football. Yeah, the, the thing that I'm going to really dive into here, you know, if we put all the COVID stuff on the back burner and then just focus on football, and that's what they're going to need to do because – Without preseason games, uh, a key piece of the evaluation process is going to be gone. And this is really going to affect a lot of the undrafted free agents who are fighting for for roster spots. And the Chiefs, because there's so much unknown, might decide to go with the known and just stick with the players that they're really, truly familiar with. Some of the things that, that should help them if they do identify a player that they really like and they want to stash him away is the expansion of the practice squad. Uh, the NFLPA and the NFL agreed to expand the practice squad to 16 players this year because of COVID. Uh, so they do have some options to hold on to, but that this is the key thing right now for the Chiefs. It, it's focused to football, and if you're allowed to knock on wood, you know the season will kick off for them on September the 10th when they host the Houston Texans. But they got a lot of work ahead of them because. They didn't have the benefit of all the off-season workouts, so they're going to have to really hit the ground and prioritize this is what we need to get you ready for the year okay and hey before we leave uh the, the laurent duvernay tardif um topic uh you know the, we found out about it on on friday we talked to some chiefs rookies including uh lucas niang uh, the, the the draft pick from tcu uh, the tackle who has been working at guard under the kind of and asked some questions about the position under the idea with the idea that maybe he would be getting some, you know, pretty hard look uh, with the Chiefs. However, um, was it was it Sunday that the Chiefs made a made a move and picked up uh, um, the the free agent from the Jets? Uh, I want to say Osemele. Is that how? Kalichi um, Osemele, correct? Yeah, yeah. Who played? I remember him at Iowa State. So the Chiefs. Um, I think this is the thing that championship. Uh, organizations do right they they went out and signed uh, a veteran and um, and so they he's 31 years old and I guess it remains to be seen what what exactly happens but I'm looking at him as the guy they plug into that position don't you Herbie yeah he gives them a lot of flexibility because he can play left guard and right guard uh, he's a two-time Pro Bowl selection he was a 2016 first team all pro and that came at left guard and, you know, we, we talk about Lucas Nang, and we asked Andy Reid that question. Is he a guy that's, that, that projects to get a lot of reps at right guard? And, you know, he kind of, you know how Reid is. We got to get him in here. But then he brought up Mike Remmers. Yeah, I, I, have right. a feeling, I have a feeling they knew they were signing Russell Melody when Andy Reid talked to us um, because you mentioned Mike Remmers is a guy that can also play at right guard. And, and Remmers, and he's absolutely correct, because Remmers can play all five positions on the offensive line. So if you get a guy – when you get Osamelli, if he's 100% healthy because he had shoulder uh, shoulder issues last year with the Jets, but if he's healthy, 
you got a two-time pro bowler and a first-team all-pro, a plug-and-play kind of guy who, who gives you the stability that you need there, and Remmers can slide over the right guard. Pretty shrewd move by, by the Chiefs. Okay, so coming up, uh, I was also interested to hear this this morning, that, uh, that Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell are going to start working on uh, Chiefs breakdown, roster breakdown with position battles, and, uh, and look, really looking forward to that. I think that's going to hit sometime next week. Is that right, guys? Correct. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that and uh, look forward to it. And Vahe Gregorian, always good talking to you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Rick Burkholter, who met the media on Saturday. All right, guys, thanks for stopping by. Thanks, thanks Blair. Thanks for having us, Blair. Thanks, Blair. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, first off, with all the protocols, I think the NFLPA did a good job of getting all the players on the calls to make sure that we were prepared to be in the building and prepared for everything that was going to entail with that. And so being here today, you just see that the NFL and NFLPA are really taking this thing seriously. They're really taking – uh, the social distancing, the wearing a mask, everything like that, seriously, so that we're not hurting each other or hurting anyone else out in the world with being here together and, and trying to build something. And then, um, but no preseason games. On, uh, obviously, I don't know exactly how that that's going to be because uh, I've never done it before. But I mean, going back to college, I think you know that there has been times where you have to get to those first games, and it's, it's serious. You got to make sure you go out there and try to win football games. So I'll try to lean on that as well as I feel like when you have this acclimation period, it will help guys build up and make sure their bodies are prepared. I feel like that was what was most important. Other than, I mean, the preseason games are, are something that help a lot of guys out. But I think the health of the players and, and having this acclimation period to get everybody ready to go so that when we do hit the field, they're ready to go. It's a very unique time. Um, we, we think we're going to put the players in a, a position where um, they're, they're safe. Um, it's, it's a responsibility, though, at the same time. So it's a responsibility – uh, for the coaches, um, for uh, the players, anybody dealing with the players to um, uh, to take responsibility to follow the, those uh, the format that's set for us uh, to fight this this, this virus and, and still have an opportunity to play football. So um, I will continue to uh, work with the players on that. The players again uh, will work together on that. There's going to be a give. There's got to be a little uh, give and take situation going on here. Responsibility, I guess, would be the term uh, when we all leave the building as coaches and players that we handle ourselves properly and um, and keep ourselves as safe again as we possibly can. And and um, and that become that'll be important for the season to again to move forward. But again, 
it's quite a neat setup. I wish you guys had the opportunity to see it. I'm sure you've seen probably pictures of it by now, but um, the setup is, is tremendous. We're going to work in the stadium and, and uh, down in our facility here, uh, but the majority of the meetings and, and, uh, and food uh, will take place at the stadium, dressing room at the stadium, and, uh, and then we'll have our practices down here and we'll be able to lift down here also. So, all right, with that, uh, time's yours. We'll start with Adam Teich. Hey, Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. Hey, a couple of things. I wanted to ask you first about your reaction to Larry's decision to opt out this season. But also I was wondering what you're now that guys are back in the, the building every day now and you're cranking this thing up. What's your um, level of concern for your own personal safety is? Yeah. So listen, for, I'll start with Larry. Um, I'm a huge Larry uh, Duvenetar defense, so <clears throat> I'm, uh, and I also was raised by a doctor, so I understand the dedication uh, that it takes uh, to be a doctor. We're all blessed to have doctors in our lives. Uh, they're they're givers. They're not takers. They're givers, and um, they're healers. So uh, they want the best for you. And so Larry has that quality, and you're seeing it to the. Uh, to the utmost here. I, I just think it's tremendous dedication to his profession, what his future is going to be, and uh, and mainly to the people that he gets to help. And and so uh, my heart goes out to I had a great talk with him, great visit with him. Um, his players support him. Uh, the, the veteran players support him and the coaches support him. And, and we know, uh, you know, we understand when, when football is over, this is going to be one of the greatest doctors ever. So it's a... Uh, um, we, we appreciate that. The great thing about doctors, uh, the ones that I've, I've been in, in touch with over my, my life here, and like I said, I was raised by one, and, and I, I've got three of my closest friends are, are doctors. So um, they're givers, man, they, they, and, and they're not the takers. So they're, they're very humble people uh, that want to help you and heal you. And, and they're not out looking for, uh, like Larry, they're not out looking for, the pat on the back that they're doing this or that. They're not looking for attention. I mean, Larry is buried in. He's not looking to do interviews and all of this stuff. He's buried in and trying to get the work done that he needs uh, to, to heal people. And, and man, I mean, what a dedication that is and, and a love that is. I, I'm, I'm so happy and proud. Um, as far as uh, the setup here and um, um, feeling like we're in a safe environment. I think people have gone to great ends to, to do this. Um, we're as safe as you can be here. Like I said on this, so Adam, dedicate the dedication uh, and, 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 and staying um, disciplined when you leave this facility will be important. When you're here, this is a safe environment. And so you've got to continue that once you leave here. And, and, uh, and so that, that ends up being important. And we have a plan for that too. So that we'll talk to the players about it. And, and um, you know, so I feel good about it myself. I feel good about it. Yes. Just a little education. The, the, the fastest vaccine in history, in world history is four years. And that was for the mumps. We are right now at about five months. So, the, you know, everybody asks that question. How are you going to play football without a vaccine? You know, there's viruses out there like HIV that never got a vaccine. The common cold doesn't have a vaccine. 
herpes doesn't have a vaccine, right? So we have viruses that don't have vaccines. There's no telling that we're going to get a vaccine for this. So we can't think like that. We've got to go to the next step. If we get the vaccine, great. We've got to go to the next step of testing. Every team's going to have positive tests. We know that. Society, I mean, we're, we're testing positive at 70,000 a day right now. We know that. What we hope is we limit our tests or limit our, our positive tests and when we get a positive test, we act accordingly with the CDC to get those people isolated, get them healthy, and get them safely back to work. And there's a whole lot of protocol that would take me an hour to talk to you about because it's a lot of it's on a not an individual basis, but an individual case. So it doesn't matter whether it's Patrick or whether it's me. We've got to follow the guidelines that are positive test, symptoms, days, um, antibodies, all that kind of stuff to determine when it's safe for that person to come back to work. And I think the NFL will release that eventually. I'm just, I, I don't think I've been cleared to release the actual days. Certainly all of us that do healthcare for the NFL and the coaches and the general managers, we've asked a question about Fridays before games. Right now, we don't have games, so that's a good thing. But they're putting some protocols together as we get closer to game time. And, um, Listen, it's not going to be normal. This isn't going to feel normal for anybody in this building, any of you guys, because you know what? It's not normal. So we've got to adjust. And I, I'll go back to the 2019 season. No team adjusted as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to adjust, and we're going to make it happen, and we're going to we're going to get positives, and we're going to take care of those guys. And when it's safe to come back to work, they will. We're going to get positive tests within the staff. We're going to take care of them and their families. And get them back to work when it's safe we're we're chasing an unknown right now which is okay because there's a lot known but there's a little bit of a it's it, i wouldn't say we're chasing unknown we're chasing something invisible there's a lot known about it. it's not unknown we're chasing something invisible my wife asked me the other night how are you doing this and i said hey when we were in jersey remember when we had water in the basement she said yeah you didn't know where it was coming from and i said exactly you don't know this i mean you, you've got to take universal precautions and 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 do your thing, but you just don't know who has it. So masks, 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 sanitizing, gloves, PPE. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Savannah Smith, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Vahe Gregorian for talking Chiefs. Links to stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are 47 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. Details, account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a new episode.